The Bible reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. You'll find this on page 966 in the Church Bibles. Chapter 2, starting at verse 10, and just reading through to verse 12. When the Magi saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we just pray? Uh, Lord, we ask you to be with us uh, through your Holy Spirit to instruct and lead us in the right direction. And we ask this in your name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, we come to our large number of verses today. How do we react? Disbelief, about the briefness of the reading, that is, or wonder. What can Rob possibly find to say about this? Or trepidation. What has God got to say to me about this? Well, this is exactly what the wise men are thinking. So you've made a good start. And so all I have to do is lead you on a journey that will answer these feelings and questions in such a way that you may have some answers. These things came to mind as I prepared and asked God about this. How did they, the wise men, make the decision to follow the star? Why did they pay homage to a young, unknown child? And why did they take the gifts that they chose? So here we are in the East. We are astrologers, stargazers, and learned men. We study the stars and probably advise kings and others how they will affect their lives. We are independently wealthy and can afford to travel and research what we see and record in those aforementioned stars. We see in the heavens an unusual event, uh, maybe a conjunction of planets, uh, a supernova or other cosmic event. We consult each other, manuscripts, scrolls, and maybe even texts from an obscure Jewish religious document. We consult again and we make a decision to travel to find what this event portends. This cosmic event is important and points to a king being born. This is a king with world-altering importance. He is born into a Roman-occupied territory in the town of Bethlehem, David's home. We, the wise men, see it as so important that we must go and see the child in person. We are a long way away and we set out promptly. But we must take something to mark this important event, something helpful, valuable and significant that points out who this child will be and what he will be required to do. So we make the big decision we will set out and be led by this cosmic event to the new king. We set out with our entourage, a train of sorts, camels, donkeys, supplies and servants. 
We aim for Jerusalem, surely the place to meet the king of the Jews. Our research leads us to a palace, to a king by the name of Herod. He says he's a Jew, but we know by his ancestry he's actually an Edomite, a local tribe before Joshua took the land of Canaan. We pay our respects and are asked to wait. And in Matthew 2, verses 4 to 6, it says, When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, or out, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. King Herod instructs us, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. We leave immediately and follow the star. It rests over a small village in the hills, seven miles outside Jerusalem. The star stops over a house. And there's a note here from Rob. It says, not a stable. This is approximately two years after Jesus' birth and the family are now settled into a new home. We go inside and we are greeted by his parents, Mary and Joseph. We are dressed differently and it is apparent to the parents that we are not locals. Our camels and servants are stopped outside. We fall on our knees acknowledge who this child is by our actions and our gifts. We know he is the one ordained to be the Messiah, one sent by God as the promised deliverer of the Jews. But we are not Jewish. Why do we pay homage here? We are Gentiles, but we know that he is also destined to be our Messiah. We bow the knee to the one who is to be the saviour of all mankind. Finally, we bring gifts. They are important, valuable gifts. Gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Gold in particular is a gift for royalty, for a king. It is valuable in monetary terms and can be used for safe passage, food and shelter but it is also a sign of who this Jesus is. He is a king of the whole world, but also the heavenly realms. He will be God's saviour, and he will rule alongside his father. This is a message for his family, but also for the world at large. Next, frankincense. It is a gift pointing to his godly persona. He is fully man, but also holy God. Frankincense is burnt in the temple. It is a symbol of the high priest and an offering to God. Jesus will be the final offering to God for the forgiveness of sin and will be the high priest for all. By his death, we will all have access to forgiveness and therefore to God in heaven. Leviticus 2.2 states that it has an aroma pleasing to God. The final gift is that of myrrh, a strange gift for a young child. 
Myrrh is used to anoint dead bodies. It is symbolic of his death for the sake of truth and therefore Christ the prophet. What a strange mix of gifts we bring for the child. But they are necessary because they point to who this child will become, the Messiah and Saviour of his people and the world. Jesus, we foretell, will save us all and we will honour him. So we are almost at the end of our story. We read the prophecies, studied the sky and reacted to what we discovered. We left our homes and work and journeyed to find the saviour of the world. We found a two-year-old child living in humble circumstances in a village near Jerusalem. We worshipped him and offered our gifts. And we went home by another path because God spoke to us in a dream. Now, you're not in a dream. You're sitting in a church over 2,000 years later. And what are you going to do? You may see this as a personal question. Yes, I'm asking everyone here the same question, but it's personal to you. What are you going to do? What decision are you going to make today to answer God's call? Will you be like the Magi, the wise men, or the, or the kings? Will you react in disbelief, wonder, and trepidation, and use these things to set out on a journey to find the Messiah, Jesus? Or will you hide behind the cover stories that it's a myth, a story, he was just a good man, or their straightforward lies? We wise men and women will follow the star, find the truth, and worship Jesus, God's Son, until he surely comes again. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us to follow your star to where it rests at your heavenly home. Lead us to your truth. Let us bring gold for your kingship, frankincense as an offering of ourselves in your service, and myrrh to acknowledge your death and rising to eternal life, and that we follow you. If we have faith and repentance in our hearts and spirit. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.